Welcome to the podcast series, episode 53, part two, sex trafficking of children, identification and intervention. The podcast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the particle archives. In this particle, commercial sexual exploitation or sex trafficking of children will be discussed. Focus will be placed on screening tools and interventions to identify and support sexually exploited youth. Introduction. Child sex trafficking, also called commercial sexual exploitation of children, or CSEC, is a severe form of sexual abuse and may involve physical and emotional abuse as well as neglect. This term describes any type of sexual exploitation of a minor for the purposes of economic gain, including the prostitution of children, distributing of child pornography, using children in strip clubs or sex shows, and or selling children for marriage. For background information on CSCC, including risk factors that increase children's vulnerabilities to being recruited into CSCC, experiences of exploited children, or more detailed definitions, please refer to the first part of this research review entitled Trafficking of Children, Risk Factors and Experiences, available on the Part Canada website, and also available as a podcast, episode 53, part 1. Canada, in accordance with the United Nations Protocol to Target Human Trafficking, uses a four-pillar approach to address CSCC and other forms of trafficking centered around the following premises. 1. Prevention of trafficking. 2. Protection of victims. 3. Prosecution of offenders. and 4. Partnerships with domestic and international organizations. In line with this approach, Canada has developed the National Action Plan to Combat Human Trafficking and has introduced specific legislation under the Criminal Code of Canada, Section 279.01 to 279.04. Despite these efforts, it remains difficult to identify both trafficking victims and perpetrators. Between the years of 2005 and 2012, a total of 25 convictions of human trafficking were made in Canada. This conviction rate included both adult and child survivors and all forms of trafficking, not just commercial sexual exploitation. Of 136 trafficked individuals identified in total, both alleged and confirmed victims, 26 of them were under the age of 18. Identifying individuals who are experiencing or have previously experienced CSCC can occur in a variety of ways. A youth who has been trafficked might exit their exploitative situation independently or with the assistance of crisis hotlines and shelters. They may also be identified through community services or healthcare settings and may come to the attention of authorities during child welfare investigations, police raids, or through arrests on unrelated charges. As a result of the chronic abuse and severe trauma experienced, CSCC survivors often present with extensive and complex needs. However, Services frequently fail to address these young people's needs. This failure may be partly due to the lack of awareness of the issue, lack of ability to identify CSCC survivors, and lack of understanding of the needs within this group. This research review will explore what is known about identifying individuals who are being exploited or have previously been exploited through CSCC. The review will also discuss interventions that have been evaluated to support survivors. Research questions. The following two questions were developed to guide the second part of the research review. 
These questions guide how the literature is explored and which studies are grouped together by methodology. 1. What information helps identify youth who have experienced CSCC? 2. What interventions are effective in supporting youth who have experienced CSCC? What information helps to identify individuals who have experienced CSCC? Methods matter. This is an association question, which is focused on factors that predict a particular outcome. Correlational studies, systematic reviews, and randomized control trials, RCTs, are the best suited research designs for this type of question. Many of the characteristics of children who have been commercially sexually exploited overlap with indicators of sexual abuse without commercial sexual exploitation. These characteristics include genital or pelvic pain, sexually transmitted infections, and mental health symptoms. However, there are several characteristics unique to CSCC survivors. Compared to matched peers who had been sexually abused but not commercially exploited, youth who had been commercially exploited have shown an increase in the following histories. Histories of violence or having sustained serious injuries, of running away from home, of having multiple sexual partners, of self-harm or high-risk behaviors, suicide attempts, involvement with law enforcement and or child protective services, crimes against properties and or others, and body modification like tattoos. Further, CSEC survivors may present with the following characteristics. Frequent drug and or alcohol use, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, bipolar disorder and or depression, suicidal thinking and or ideations, aggression and or externalizing behaviors, sexually transmitted infections, and multiple mental health issues or diagnoses. The majority of identified trafficking cases in Canada are domestic, that is, individuals trafficked within Canada not brought in with, from another country. However, there may be additional indicators of CSCC specific to children who have been trafficked internationally. These include the inability to speak the local language, lack of documents, fear of deportation, inconsistencies in presentation like names and addresses, and being accompanied by a seemingly controlling companion, and or appearing exceptionally emotionally mature for their age, as well as lack of school attendance, living with non-relatives, and or access to material goods that are not consistent with the child's age. Screening tools to identify potential victims. Analyzing characteristics of CSCC survivors has allowed researchers to develop screening tools to identify youth who may be experiencing commercial sexual exploitation. Greenbaum, Dodd, and McCracken developed a short screening tool to identify youth who had been commercially sexually exploited amongst a group of victimized youth. Using six questions, the tool differentiated youth who had experienced CSCC from similarly aged youth who had experienced sexual abuse or assault without a commercial exploitation component. The questions were as follows. 1. Is there a previous history of drug and or alcohol abuse? 2. Has the youth ever run away from home? Three. Has the youth ever been involved with law enforcement? 4. Has the youth ever broken a bone, had traumatic loss of consciousness, or sustained a significant wound? 5. Has the youth ever had a sexually transmitted infection? And 6. Does the youth have a history of sexual activity with more than 5 partners? The tool was able to identify cases of previously reported CSCC when at least two of the six items were endorsed, and became increasingly accurate as more of the items were answered positively. This tool has not been tested for reliability of use in clinical practice, however. 
The authors emphasize the importance of using this tool in conjunction with a trauma-informed approach to asking questions about high-risk sexual activity in a way that minimizes stress related to traumatic experiences. Thinking critically. Do you think that these types of identification tools are helpful? Why or why not? Have you used a tool to help identify a risk at youth of being sexually exploited? Why or why not? When considering these factors, it is important to note that CSCC survivors are simply more likely than other high-risk youth groups to have these characteristics. These factors do not determine whether CSCC has occurred. It is possible for a child to not demonstrate any of the histories or clinical characteristics, but still have experienced trafficking. Conversely, a youth may have the characteristics and histories described, like drug use and suicide attempts, but not have experienced sexual exploitation. While this latter youth may still need support, they are not considered trafficked. What interventions are effective for children who have experienced sex trafficking? FAQs. What types of services should be provided to children who experience trafficking? What are the best practices when providing intervention to this group? Methods matter. This is an effectiveness question, a type of question focused on determining the effect of a program, treatment, or approach. The methods needed to answer this type of question are systematic reviews, meta-analyses, and or randomized controlled trials, RCTs. These methods can also discuss the strength and direction of a relationship. Longitudinal or cross-sectional studies are not designed to answer questions of effectiveness. While it is generally proposed that CSEC interventions should be trauma-informed and delivered by thoroughly trained staff, not all service providers agree on the specifics of an ideal service delivery model. In a study about the perspectives of service providers, there was a diversity of opinions about how programs should be delivered. Service providers had differing opinions on why youth run away from treatment programs, what level of restrictiveness is appropriate, including the physical location of treatment programs, and the role of agencies in managing youth technology use. Some participants viewed youth running away as a symptom of trauma and a natural part of the recovery process. Others viewed it as a symptom of a program failure. As a response to youth challenges like running away, some saw locked facilities in a remote location as ideal. Others preferred a less restrictive approach closer to community services. Stakeholders agreed that access to cell phones and social media were both a primary way for youth to maintain positive social connections, as well as a vulnerability to further trafficking. As a response, some service providers considered limited technology use to be key. However, others considered a more flexible approach to be preferable. Of the studies that evaluated efficacy of programs, three main intervention categories emerged. Programs that are designed to increase worker competency in regard to CSCC. Programs designed to reduce youth risk factors and prevent victimization and or re-victimization. And programs designed to provide psychotherapeutic support to youth who had been exploited. Evaluation of worker trainings. A few studies, including one RCT, have been published about child welfare worker training programs. McMahon, Howard, and Reimers evaluated a training program for child welfare workers. Before and three months after a webinar-based training, workers completed a questionnaire about their beliefs and self-perceived CSEC knowledge, as well as a quiz to measure knowledge. The purpose of the study was to explore workers' knowledge of CSEC, determine whether a webinar training program increased their knowledge, 
and determine whether the training increased referrals for specialized CSCC services. Before training, most of the 123 workers were knowledgeable about the definition, risk factors, and scope of CSCC. However, workers had low knowledge of relevant policies, services, and laws, and just over half were willing or able to refer to specialized CSCC services. After training, workers demonstrated significant gains in knowledge of CSCC as compared to a comparison group of workers who had not received the training. Interestingly, workers' beliefs about their knowledge did not relate to their actual knowledge or scores. That is, workers rated their knowledge as higher or lower than their actual knowledge score. Although improvements in worker knowledge and services were noted, the webinar training did not increase the number of referrals made to specialized CSCC services. Both the treatment and control groups made similar numbers of referrals. Authors discuss that this lack of change may have been due to real or perceived inappropriate services available in the area and or unclear referral processes. When examining agency personnel knowledge across rural and urban settings, there is evidence to show that CSCC occurs in all community types. However, professionals in large metropolitan areas were more likely to have received training on CSCC, demonstrating a need for increased personnel training in rural and non-metropolitan areas. Evaluation of Risk-Reducing or Prevention Programs Some researchers have created prevention tools and programs to help youth develop knowledge, skills, and attitudes to reduce their risk of being commercially exploited, including avoiding re-victimization for those who have already been exploited. Countrymen Roswerm and Bolin, for example, developed a group intervention that educated exploited and high-risk adolescents, like runaway or homeless youth, about healthy relationships and provided practical assistance to exit exploitative relationships. Although there was no comparison group and thus no ability to make causal conclusions about the program, the youth increased their knowledge of relationships and their beliefs about deserving respect. Other approaches to improve high-risk youth's protective factors against CSCC have included websites and videos. These methods have also not been evaluated for efficacy but were rated as relevant and useful for educating adolescents. Evaluations of Therapeutic Interventions for Survivors Evidence of the effects or outcomes of interventions for CSCC survivors is limited, and much of the available research is poorly designed and executed. However, multiple systematic reviews on survivor interventions have been published, presented below. Methods matter. Systematic reviews combine findings from many studies to summarize and evaluate the current state of knowledge. These reviews give more power to the data than do individual studies alone. Dell and colleagues summarized six studies about interventions for trafficking survivors, both residential and outpatient services. As a note, only two of these studies were exclusively focused on services for children and youth aged 0 to 17. The remaining four studies included a combination of adults and minors. The average participant age was 18, with the youngest participant at 12 years old and the oldest at 36. The interventions were diverse, some more psychotherapeutic, like trauma-focused therapy, and some more skills-focused, like mentoring and training. One of the included studies was an RCT of Trauma-Focused Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, TFCBT, for sexually exploited girls. This program included both group and individual sessions, with separate sessions for caregivers. The study authors reported positive changes in the girls' trauma symptoms, mental health symptoms, and behavior conduct. However, the study was small and had confounding factors, so findings should be interpreted cautiously. Based on the studies reviewed, Dell and colleagues concluded that rigorous studies are needed to reveal the effects of interventions for survivors 
and provide services that meet survivors' complex needs. Mariah and Fry summarized findings from 15 publications about service delivery for youth who had experienced CSCC. From these publications, the authors developed key recommendations for service provision with CSCC survivors. General recommendations stated that interventions should be trauma-informed, child rights-focused, and should involve comprehensive case management that addresses the child's psychological, legal, medical, and basic living needs. Specific recommendations for service delivery were provided within the framework of a three-phase process, rescue, recovery, and reintegration. Rescue involves the initial exiting of the child's exploitive situation. In this first phase of intervention, services should be focused on the child's basic and or crisis needs, like food, clothing, medical attention, and shelter. Recovery, the second phase of service delivery, should involve intensive person-centered services aimed at addressing the child's physical and mental health. Lastly, the reintegration phase is characterized by a focus on the long-term outcomes for the child and assistance to avoid re-trafficking. In the reintegration phase, skills trainings like vocational and public transit training should be provided alongside continued comprehensive social and emotional support. Repatriation, when applicable, is the unofficial fourth stage of service delivery. If children have been trafficked across national borders, repatriation could happen at any time in the process. Children should be provided with the option of legal aid as desired and applicable. Mariah and Fry's Rescue Recovery Reintegration Model is similar to that of Gibbs and colleagues' Outcome-Focused Case Management Model, which was developed as part of an evaluation of three programs that serve 201 CSCC survivors in the U.S. In this model, survival and stabilization needs are addressed first, like emergency shelter, engagement with case management, etc., then supporting health and thriving, which is focused on secure housing, mental health care, community connections, and related services. Towards the eventual outcomes of safety, well-being, permanent connections, and self-sufficiency. Other interventions in the literature that have been discussed for this population but not evaluated include narrative therapy, economic independent skills training like baking and knitting, and one-to-one mentoring to promote self-reflection and conversation. Thinking critically. What referrals or interventions would you prioritize for a youth that has been commercially sexually exploited? Are there services in your community that would be appropriate? Why or why not? Have the programs in your community been evaluated? Conclusion. This research review is the second part of a two-part series on the commercial sexual exploitation of children, CSCC. Other forms of trafficking are not well researched as they relate to children and therefore were not discussed. In this review, screening and intervention methods were discussed. Screening tools to identify potential victims of CSCC are developed based on characteristics that differentiated youth who had been commercially sexually exploited from other high-risk youth groups. Practitioners may wish to consider these factors and tools when evaluating suspected cases of CSCC. Empirical evidence for interventions to support children and youth who had been trafficked are limited. Main findings from systematic reviews suggest that children require comprehensive, holistic, and trauma-informed care to recover and avoid re-victimization. This knowledge may be applicable when practitioners are making referrals or delivering services to survivors of commercial sexual exploitation.
You have been listening to the Partcast series, episode 53, part 2. Sex Trafficking of Children, Identification and Interventions. The Partcast series is produced by Practicing Research Together, a Canadian membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information on this episode's topic or other episodes in the Partcast series, please visit www.partcanada.org.